In many ways, the Chicago Bears officially started their offseason yesterday after officially firing Luke Getzey and Moses' offensive staff. We now have an update on the Chicago Bears interviewing Shane Waldron for the offensive coordinator position. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about defensive uh, coordinator uh, candidates for the Chicago Bears, as well as some of the details that came out of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus's press conference yesterday. All that plus mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host here, Hayes. More importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for the day. And listen, the Bears, like I said in, in the intro, basically officially started their offseason, right? And, you know, offseason, not as far as player and personnel, well, player standpoint, roster standpoint, but from a personnel standpoint, it's already started for a lot of NFL teams. You look at Ian Cunningham and another executive for the Chicago Bears being interviewed for GM positions on other teams. But the Bears started their own search yesterday after firing Luke Getzey as offensive coordinator by officially requesting an interview with Shane Waldron. Now, this is a guy who really fits a lot of the bill of what you would want for the Chicago Bears, right? At the end of the day, he's a guy who's been around the league for a while. He'd bring in some definite uh, uh, need for stability to that uh, team. When you look at what he's also done with Geno Smith down there, maybe he can do another rehab project and kind of get in Justin Fields in the way that we need him to go. But regardless, like I said, I, I don't want to constantly make this offensive coordinator position and search just about Justin Fields. It's about the team, right? And it's about the direction that the team is going to go. And it's about developing right. No matter what, you want somebody at the offensive coordinator that's going to be dynamic in their play calling and be able to develop, whether it's Justin Fields and any other member of the Chicago Bears offense. We still got tons of players that need development, even outside of what happens to Justin Fields or if it's a rookie quarterback. So I understand why a lot of people talk about it from the standpoint of just Justin Fields. And that's fair to do, right? It's even fair to do if you're talking about it with the rookie quarterback. At the end of the day, bringing in Shane Waldron could be a really big get for the Chicago Bears. And when you compare that with what Matt Eberflus said that he was looking for in an offensive coordinator, he said this, direct quote, great teacher, has to coach the coaches and the position, have to have the innovation and look at the players you have and put those guys in positions to succeed and get explosives move down the field. Explosives move down the field. And Shane Waldron has done that. When you look at him taking over the offensive coordinator position for the Seattle Seahawks in 2021, that was Russell Wilson's final season there. And then what he's done with the rise of Geno Smith over there, who's proven to be a really good quarterback down there with many people thought it was over with. But then when you look at outside of that, he's been on NFL teams for, for since 2017, right? Being with the Los Angeles Rams from 2017 to 2020 being with the Washington Redskins since 2016, then with the New England Patriots since 2008, 2008 through 9, this guy has been in the NFL coaching at different positions, of course, for almost two decades, right? Two decades. And he's been play calling down there for the Seattle Seahawks for three years, so he brings an experienced play caller, something Luke Getzey was not. And, you know, it's not just about finding somebody who's the antithesis to what Luke Getzey was, but it is about finding somebody who brings some of the things that just Matt Eberflus, as a defensive-minded head coach, doesn't have in his arsenal. And Shane Waldron brings a lot of that, and he is somebody that can really work with Matt Eberflus as well um, and, you know, maybe even eventually be groomed to head coach if that ends up coming to that. But I really like the Shane Waldron move. It's a really big first move for the Chicago Bears in finding a new offensive coordinator 
But like I said on the emergency episode we dropped about this yesterday, because we did drop an emergency episode, you already know, we drop a lot of emergency episodes around here, especially during the time that it's off season. But uh, on top of that, like, uh, they're going to do more interviews. So don't think, uh, if the, if you don't hear that Shane Waldron is hired, or if you hear them interview other candidates, that it means that they're not going with Waldron. At the end of the day, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus understand how important it is to get this hire correct. And to get that correct, that means you're going to also have to interview other people just to see what they could bring to the table. But at the end of the day, Shane Waldron, if he does end up securing the offensive coordinator position for the Chicago Bears, I think it's a really good move for the Bears. And it really is, in a lot of ways, kind of a power move in, in, a, in, a, in a degree, right? So, I, I, like I said, I like it overall. He's a guy who also comes from that McVay coaching tree, which we talked about, uh, that like the success and kind of the, the pedigree that comes there from that coaching tree. So, I, I think this is a really good first move. Uh, that the Bears did make, but we got another coordinator position that we need to really look into, right? And that is the defensive coordinator position. So I talked about uh, potential offensive coordinators in yesterday's episode. I want to talk about some of the potential defensive coordinators today. Now, much like with Shane Waldron, I didn't foresee him coming available, so he was not on that list. So don't take this list as just the list, right? It's not a, a, a definite list, but it is a route that the Bears could look to go in some in some areas. The first one that I want to bring up is Joe Witt Jr. Now, this is a secondary and defensive pass game coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys. This is a guy who, who uh, really has stepped up a lot uh, when, when it comes down. When you look at how he's developed players as well over that, how the secondary has, has, has continued to grow. And when you look at it as well, secondary is one of our biggest strengths as well. So it's somebody who could come in, bring some, some strengths that we have. Uh, right now, they were the fifth-ranked uh, pass defense in the NFL, so we can keep that going as well. Joe Witt also, listen, and it, when it comes down to it, he's a guy that I, if you, you can kind of get ahead of the buzz there. There's been some buzz of him being a defensive coordinator for a little while there. He's a guy that you can also move into that and maybe, like I said, get ahead of it. You, you look at us re-signing Jalen Johnson, things like that. He's definitely somebody that can come in, help that uh, group, uh, bring in that. And at the end of the day, I think of when you, when you look at the Bears, right, yes, we saw the secondary improve, but we were the fifth worst uh, pass defense in the league when it came down to it. And so Joe Witt Jr. could come in, help solidify some of that, keep developing the young core that you have down there, as well as build around a veteran like Jalen Johnson. And you look, we're probably bringing in more young players as well because I, I hope the Bears draft the safety somewhere in this draft. So that's another one that the Bears absolutely could look at. Next one up is the defensive line coach from San Francisco, Chris Crick. I believe is how you pronounce his name. But again, this is a guy who uh, he came from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Coaching trees are an uh, uh, important part in football when you look at it. And so right now, when it comes down to it, this guy has been a defensive line coach, which is another position or a position group that we're looking to improve this offseason as well with maybe getting a dynamic edge in the draft or getting one in free agency. And so when it comes down to it, when you look at it now having Montez Sweat and the, and the players that we're looking to develop on that defensive line, I do think that you can do a lot worse than him. Uh, you know, he, he's he's worked with talented players before, so he's not somebody that you can overlook at. Um, but listen, he, he coached Nick Bosa. So take for that what you will. Also, the San Francisco 49ers had a top five uh, de run defense this year. So when you look at with the Chicago Bears, yes, we are already a really good run defense. But again, he helps solidify some of the things that we can uh, look for there at the defensive coordinator position. Next up, Jen Linehard. Uh, this is a guy, he's the senior football analyst for Illinois. Um, so, you know, it, it may be a, a bit of a jump up to go out and get somebody and name him as your defensive coordinator. And what the Bears may be looking for in their defensive coordinator position maybe is more experience. But, hey, at the end of the day, he's led the Badgers to being one of the top defenses in the nation 
And you look at it, they they were right up there with the Georgia Bulldogs as well. He's a former uh, defensive back as well. He played from 2020, I'm sorry, 2005 to 2014. And so he transitioned into coaching right after that two years later in 2016. So at the end of the day, uh, he's, he's somebody that you could definitely look at outside the box a candidate. In five seasons in coaching the Badgers as their defensive coordinator, he, uh, he had a top 10 defense all of those years. So, again, he's somebody that can definitely help. He joined Illinois' coaching staff that had the number one defensive unit in football last year. So, hey, that you can, again, kind of outside the box candidate there, but you can definitely look at him. Next up, Anthony Weaver. This associate, he's an associate head coach with the Baltimore Ravens, but also the defensive line coach. And I think that title of associate head coach is important here, right? I think he is uh, one of the best candidates out there right now. Uh, when you look at it, and especially with Baltimore now, you got to know what goes on with Baltimore. They could be looking for their own defensive coordinator, so he could uh, get a rise up there. But the the fact that he has that associate head coach title says a lot to me because. As we know, we're looking for somebody who does bring situational awareness that that Matt Eberflus lacks at time, even on that defensive side of the ball. The Ravens also led the NFL last season with 35 uh, sacks, so it's really something to look at. He 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 has been coaching since 2012. He was with the New York Jets there. He's coached the defensive line since then, and so at the end of the day, I think that yeah, he's he's a guy that the Bears could absolutely look at to bring into this defensive coordinator position. And again, maybe you're you're more willing to go and go inexperienced there to a degree, considering that Matt Eberflus is your head coach. So that's somebody that the Bears could definitely take a look at. But let me know what you guys think, man. Those are some candidates that the Bears could take a look at for their defensive coordinator position, which is open to replace it. It's been open since Allen Williams left, and we'll see what ends up happening with that. I do think that this is something that, you know, it's going to be, it's a fluid conversation, right? It's going to be a fluid search as well for that. And defensive coordinator isn't done yet. It's not done yet. And so, when it comes down to it, the Bears are going to have their work uh, in front of them to really find the really good coordinators to help kind of shore up some of the things that are missing in Matt Eberflus's game, and these guys could be candidates to do that. Now, with that said, we had a couple of comments, both from uh, Ryan Poles, that I want to talk about today, and one of them was why he decided to hold on to Matt Eberflus, and he said this, right? Long quote here, so bear down with me. He said, I really think that the head coach needs to guide the ship when he sees storms and really keep everything settled. When you go through hard times, you need to keep everyone together. I think that's like a critical piece in a big market like this. You have to be strong. If he's not jumping off the boat and everyone else starts jumping off the boat, it's a hot mess. So stability is a big piece of it. I saw a lot of progress. There's a reason why we went from three to seven wins. The prayer aspect is important, but also the detail of bringing the team together through those hard times, allowing us to push through. You saw a lot of those wins happen at the back of the season. If, if it's not for him, I don't think that that's the case. And I think that starts to crumble. Everyone else starts to do their own thing. To me, that was a critical piece of that. So really kind of the thing that me, Bobby, and C-Dub talked about when we talked about the pros and cons of holding on to Matt Eberflus, stability was one of those things that both Bobby and C-Dub brought up. And I think we saw that here, right? When, you, when you're trying to correct some things, especially when you're already bringing in new coordinators, it seems like Ryan Poles, in a sense, and I know this is a buzzword, especially if you're a Bulls fan, looked at cont- the continuity aspect of it, right? We're changing a lot, right? And we're bringing in some new talent this year, and there could be more changes up and down, but you want to bring something in that, again, there's something to be said about Montez Sweat, for example, so- singing the praises, basically, of Matt Eberflus and what he did to help keep this team together through adversity when he came over here, and even talking about it's a better situation than what he left at- with the Washington Commanders. That type of votes of confidence 
I think it's probably why you saw it. And like and like I said before, as, mu- as much as I am not a Matt Eberflus guy, I would have not minded at all to see both Luke Getzey and Matt Eberflus fired from their positions. There's something to be said about having the the, the voice of the locker room, right? And having the, uh, the players really back you in a sense like that, especially while you're trying to come out of a rebuild and go to the next area of being that playoff coach. And so, you know, I do think that at the end of the day, Matt Eberflus can still develop. He was a rookie head coach. He's only been at the job for two years. And the Chicago Bears are maybe looking at it, much like we talk about with Justin Fields, and saying, let's get this guy some better coordinators. They kind of fit better now that we know where his shortcomings are as a head coach after working with him for two years. And let's see if bringing a situational, or not situation, but bringing in better coaching staff and better coaches that can help support where Matt Eberflus falls short at, maybe we can start seeing him develop his own situational awareness and his leader, and not the leadership qualities, but his ability as a head coach. And if not, he's under contract for two more years, right? And so that doesn't mean that they can go the whole two years. We can be talking next year about them officially moving on from Matt Eberflus, which a lot of Bears fans think is likely. And I can't really argue that if they do think that, because that may be the case. But I think that's when you look at it. And, you know, to hear that it took two days of deliberation, basically from the Bears executives of deciding the future of Matt Eberflus, that says a couple of things to me. Somebody went to bat for Matt Eberflus. Then on top of that, there are really some questions on if Matt Eberflus is the guy. And, you know, you can answer some of those questions with another year, and then you don't have those regrets, right? So when they go back to the table at the end of the next season, they may be able to look back at the conversation and the debate they had for two days and say, all right, this is where we were, where we had some shortcomings at. This is where the sticking points were on why people thought that we shouldn't maybe bring back Matt Eberflus. How, what did he do to help fix and solve some of those things? And if it's not a lot, then more than likely next season, you're probably looking at Matt Eberflus probably not being retained as the head coach. But for now, Matt Eberflus is, and we'll see how that, where that ends up taking the Chicago Bears in the long run. Now, one thing as well that came out of yesterday's uh, press conference was Ryan Pohl's comments on Jalen Johnson. And he said this, it's very simple, very straightforward. I feel really good about that situation. Jalen is not going to go anywhere. And so to me, and he even followed up by saying it's just about getting at a table. We feel confident that we'll be able to agree upon a deal. And hopefully that does happen. I've talked about it before. I've gone up and down on Jalen Johnson, you know, coming back to the Chicago Bears team, a large part in because of his own comments. But once Jalen started saying things like he wants to be a Chicago Bear, I think that some of that writing was on the wall that they're, they're going to they're gonna get a deal done. And so hopefully they do. Like I said before, Jalen Johnson, 24 years old, um, you want to be able to hold on to that with how young the secondary core is and really flesh that out and build it together over three, four years and then see what you have, right? So as those players like Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon start coming off their rookie deals, that may be where you start having to make tough decisions elsewhere. We may have to make one as well this offseason with Eddie Jackson. But overall, I really do think uh, bringing back Jalen Johnson is best for the team. It's best for the player in Jalen Johnson. And I really hope to see him in a Bears uniform next year. And it's good to hear that uh, that we also hear uh, that Ryan Poles is in there for that as well. So let's hope that that ends up being the case, man. We'll see what it ends up turning into. But let's go ahead. I wanted to play some of the voicemails for today. Mailbag day is usually tomorrow on Fridays. But we got so much overflow considering what's going on with the Bears. We've got three voicemails we're going to play today. This first one, this one's from Donovan. What's going on, Hayes? What's going on, team? It's your boy Donovan, man. Just seen y'all uh, latest, y'all latest um, live stream podcast talking about the pros and cons of field. I'm just, uh, you know, giving my thoughts on it. As far as can he adapt in time to the um to to the fluidity of the team and the pro- progression of the team, I feel like he can. 
Like I've been saying this whole time, I feel like his whole career he's been teaching himself how to play quarterback. These coaches have had nothing to do with whatever the fuck he's been going through. Like he's been giving a bunch of dumbass coaches. You see what the fuck Mac Nagy's doing in Kansas City, and you know what the fuck Lugetti is, and he ain't shit as far as I'm concerned. He ain't shit but a spy for the Packers. But, um, yeah, all they given him was a couple rollout plays, a couple design runs, and the rest was all him. So I'm like, as far as giving him a new, a new fucking, a new coach, a new coordinator, honestly, it wouldn't be no different than fucking trading him. Cause if you trade him, he's going to get a new coach, a new coordinator regardless. Then they're a whole new team too. So I'm like, if you want to do him any type of favor, give him something that actually work with him and familiarity when it comes to something like a teammate, you know what I'm saying? But um, that's just where I stand on that. When it comes to a coach picking their own quarterback or whatever, if you get somebody that's actually fucking worth it, they're going to look at Justin Fields and they're going to be like, I don't see how the fuck you didn't do shit with Justin Fields. I would take Justin Fields and, and the, with a fucking – yeah, come on. What the fuck if you get somebody like Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh knows something about Justin Fields because he was – and fucking Michigan with Justin Fields was drafted. And he was like, I mean, I feel like he'd be like, shit, I'm looking at Justin Fields. Like, I went against him before. I don't want to fucking go against him again. I'll keep him on my fucking team. I don't see how the fuck you don't do something with Justin Fields is what I'm saying a good coach will fucking say. Any fucking coach that adapts to their fucking quarterback skill set, adapts to their team skill set, because this team has a lot of skill set. You have a coach that just doesn't know what the fuck to do except what the fuck he's he, he used to fucking doing and regurgitating everything Aaron Rodgers ever fucking does. I'm like, if you're going to do that, just go back to Green Bay, bro. Nobody told you to come here, like, for real. And the fact that we hired him just tells you what the fuck we were fucking doing with our lives, which was not fucking shit. He were fucked. That was not a good fucking move, getting Lou Getty. I don't know what the fuck was going on in, in the fucking in, in the background, but that was not a good move. But, yeah, a competent fucking coach or coordinator would look at Justin Fields like, I don't give a fuck about these rookies. Do you see what you have on your team? I'll take him. Let's go. What the fuck? And he'll adapt, and we'll be good moving forward. And if he's not, we'll be good moving forward because we forget what the fuck the main purpose is in this offseason. But anyways, I ran out of time, man. Coaches impacting Justin Fields' development. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, for for some of the Justin Fields detractors, right, is that is that a safe word to use as far as like – because I don't want to make him seem like negative because – Listen, there's there's more than enough reason to have serious questions about Justin Fields and if he's going to be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I don't necessarily always uh, agree with them, but I can understand where they're rooted in sometimes, right? But coaching does have an impact on how a player develops. And I know there are going to be people, well, this, this quarterback developed under this situation, so Justin Fields should be able to. Every quarterback can't develop the same way. Every quarterback has their own per, uh, perfect uh, environment for them to develop. And maybe Justin just hasn't had his. And we'll see if the Bears... Uh, are looking into creating that perfect environment to really see over these last couple of years what it means for Justin Fields, right? Even talking about, you know, a uh, uh, fifth-year option, Ryan Pohl saying there really hasn't been a, uh, a discussion made on that, picking up that fifth-year option or not yet. So we'll end up seeing what happens with that, man. But I do think that the coaching staff and, and the shortcomings of that, especially a play caller like Luke Getze, has had an impact on that. And ultimately, we'll see where it ends up coming to, what it ends up turning into. And I think that, you know, if the Bears do – uh, decide another season of committing to Justin Fields and and building this thing out around him, meaning getting a, a better offensive line, uh, getting another weapon at wide receiver. That they got to find a new offensive coordinator now, and then we can see kind of eliminate. Like I, I've always worded it as eliminating all questions, so that that way you can just focus on what Justin is and is not doing, and you don't have that. Well, you know, Lou Getzey called uh, called a bad game there. So you know, I think that that's that's a, that's an impact. And 
you know, also, there is something to be said that for the Bears fans to say, well, maybe Luke Getzey dumbed down the system for Fields. Well, I'll say this. Um, he's got fired if that was the case because of it. And we need an offensive coordinator that's going to come here and basically say, this is, this is, I'm going to create the system that I feel is, is best for Justin Fields' um, strengths. But we're not going to pity patter around the play calling here. If you can't make the throws, then you're just not the guy. And so that may be something that we see as well. But great voicemail, Donovan. Thanks for leaving that. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Fred. Yo, hey, what's going on, man? Be your boy, Fred. What it do? Man, I'm so disappointed, man. I was hoping these, these bastards would have put them cock-sucking ass facts out for the playoffs, man. But they ain't come through because you had coaches who want to play fucking zone throughout the whole fucking game. They were saying a man to man. They didn't have no fucking threats or receivers over there. So why would you play a zone? You should let them man up and shit, man. And then Luke Gessie, I told y'all, man, I told people, that motherfucker's an op, man. Don't be surprised when the Bears do fire that son of a bitch to his ass back on Green Bay sideline as a position coach. I'm telling you, man, like, everybody keeps talking about trade fields. No, man, fields is not the problem. Just fields needs some things he needs to work on and clean up. Yes. But do we need way better coaches? Yes. He never had that in his career. That's why I keep saying and telling people that Fields came into a fucked up situation when the Bears drafted him. He didn't have weapons. He didn't have a line. He didn't have good fucking coaches. Now, if he got drafted to the 49ers, we'll be talking about a different story with Justin Fields. So, with that being said, man, I don't think the Bears should give up on Fields and draft another quarterback. You get him some weapons. You, you fix that O-line. You get him way better coaches that know what the fuck they're doing. And you give him a few pieces of shit on the defense. And you stay. Now you're bound to ready to be a playoff team and shit, man. So, Luke Jesse and Magnus Lee should have got fired. They should have got on that fucking plane when they lost to Green Bay. If I was the GM, I would have told them, hey, man, don't need you back on this plane with us. Y'all might as well find y'all way home, way home and clean out y'all fucking off. And that's real talk, man. Because it's sad that we got Chicago fans and main media that's not seeing this shit. That's not understanding where we come from, that, 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 that we both, that we watching the same game. They going to show you that dumb motherfuckers don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They so, oh, let's give up on fields. Give up on fields. Trade him. The Bears not going to trade that, man. They can go get the right fucking coaches like I told people. Eva Flu was not Ryan Poe's guy. Ryan Poe's going to actually get the guy that he wants that's going to fit the field. And fields take off next season, we're going to see it. We're going to say, hey, it was fields all the time. It was some funky-ass coaches that was holding him back. So hopefully Poe's get this shit right as far as getting the thing right and everything and get the right coaches, man. And the Bears can go in a way better direction. And he can't stand on what he said, taking the North and never getting it back, man. But until then, I'm just waiting to see when Luke gets going to be fired. Because Zay should have got fired on Monday. But until then, man, y'all fellas stay up. You did continue doing what y'all doing, man. Chicago up, I guess, bear the fuck down. Coaching decisions against the Packers, trash. I, the, the offensive play calling against the Packers is god awful. It was trash. It was, you know, all those, uh, the, you, you know, the spy comments and things like that. It gave it all credibility. It was absolutely trash. And I think now seeing, you know, Luke Getzey fired, Matt Eberflus stays on. This voicemail was left before either one of those decisions were made. But I think that points in the direction that the Bears saw the same things that the fans had problems with. And that is, again, I don't want to make it just about Justin Fields. It's about more than that. Luke Getzey's play calling was trash for any quarterback. And even, yes, yes, we had a game where we won against the Atlanta uh, Falcons, and that was a really good game. But like I said before, just because you have a good game doesn't make you a good offensive coordinator. Just like having a bad game doesn't necessarily make you a bad offensive coordinator. you got to go through and read out everything in totality. And when you look at the now 34 games as Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator, 
To me, there was way more uh, negatives in that than positives, and clearly the Bears saw it the same way. And so we're going to see what decision they make with the future of the offensive coordinator position and what that ends up meaning for the team in the long run. But great voicemail over there from Fred, even though Fred went the hell off. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Ant. What up, fellas? Your boy Ant calling about this. Luke Getty firing. First and foremost, I want to say I don't care how much no man makes being fired sucks because, you know, families and cost of living, you don't know what they might be going through or whatnot. So not praising that the man got fired. Happy that he got – he's no longer with the Chicago Bears? Absolutely. He just wasn't no good for Justin Fields, wasn't no good for the Chicago Bears, just wasn't no good for the city. I do believe he was a double agent. He called good game plans against top nine defense in Atlanta one week, then the next week he calls a shitty game against the Green Bay Packers where he came from. That's the obvious and key sign that this man was a double agent. He just did not want Green Bay to lose. Called a great game plan against the Detroit Detroit Lions. We beat them. Come to the Green Bay Packers, horrible game plan. As a double agent, I don't care what nobody says. Second of all, this thing about Justin Fields going to a different team and becoming a great quarterback, why would you get rid of that when everyone's saying he would become a great quarterback? If not great, a good quarterback in this league, he will be with a new coordinator, but do you want to give him three coordinators in four years? That's exactly the same thing. So stop saying that retarded, contradictive narrative and stuff like that. Now, one other thing that I will say when it comes to football, I'm with I'm with you guys when y'all say ignore the cloud, ignore the media. Football is football, and if you know it, you know how it goes. This team is on the cusp of doing great things. And I did the math. If we start the season how we ended the season and break it down in the quarters, we would win every two games and lose a game. We can't win three in a row. Well, if we do that next year, then that's an 11-6 and six season, and we fight for, or if not, in the playoff contention right now. So I will take that all day, every day. I do have a question for you, fellas. If Eric B. Enemy, which I believe he will get a head coaching job, if he don't get a head coaching job, what are the odds that Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus go out and get that guy to be the next offensive coordinator to unlock Justin he did it for Sam Howe. Sam Howe had a really good passing year at the beginning of the year, but, you know, it's his first year starting to show up. I believe Eric enemy can unlock Justin Fields because he's that good of a coordinator. Let me know what you guys think. Shut up. Bear down. Appreciate it, fellas. Eric enemy as the new uh, offensive coordinator. Here's the thing that I said. I always think that enemy is a long shot to stay on as offensive coordinator. I think head coach is the next progression for him. We don't know what the commander is going to do with him. Technically, the Bears could interview him if they want to. And we'll see what happens with that one. I do agree with you, though, the point that I want to focus on, this team is on the cusp of something. It is. And I think that even if you just look at the defense and then look at the weapons that we have on the offense, if we just could utilize them better and get them the ball a little bit more, there is something to be said that this team is on the cusp of becoming that playoff team. We could. You look To your point, you look at if we started off the season stronger, we would have been in playoff contention. It wouldn't have just been the Packers fighting in that last game for a playoff spot. It could have been us as well, right? And, you know, that's why having a strong start, that's why building off the foundation that we have now so we don't have the season that we start off losing four games in a row, that's important because if you check, if you take that away and you're and even if you split it, let's say you go 500 over that time, you're, you're then in playoff contention. Then you take the, the games that you lost with a double-digit lead in the fourth, you win one, two of those games, you're definitely in the playoffs at that point in time. 
So you can't just, and again, I don't want to make it seem like it's that simple. You can't just look at that. You have to look at the reasons why you lost those games, but there's really reason to think if the Bears do the right thing this offseason, we could be talking about a playoff series next year, and let's hope that's the case. But thank you guys all for leaving a voicemail. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears Central. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Central at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, got town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media. Media.